guys, welcome back. Today we're going to begin a new study in the book of John. So as we normally do when we study a new book, we always like to give some form of an introductory material to talk about the author, the book, and things of that nature. So this particular video won't be so long today as this is simply an introduction to the gospel of John. And I would like to say, which is one of my favorite gospels. Now, I hate to use the term favorite because there is beauty in all of the scripture, no matter what it is, no matter what book it is. Once you come to understand what God is trying to communicate and the unity of the scripture as a whole, it is absolutely remarkable and beautiful in itself. And the scriptures themselves testify of a divine origin. That is, it is not simply something that is written by men, but it is something that is given through men by God himself. But anyway, so we're going to get ready to deal with the book of John. Now, I know we've been dealing with the book of Exodus, so we'll take a little break. And from time to time, we'll get back to the book of Exodus, which, of course, itself, again, what? It's a wonderful book. But we're going to deal with the gospel of John. Now, one of the first things that I want to bring to your attention about the gospel of John is its uniqueness. When we when reference to the gospels, we understand that there are four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When we reference the book, the gospel of John, it is very distinct in its message, in the material, in the information that is so different from the other gospels. And it's for this particular reason that the other three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called synoptic gospels. Synoptic simply means similar. So we'll see certain things in common when we read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, like say for instance, the genealogy of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, certain particular miracles that are contained therein, as well as the messages contained therein, certain similarity of theme. But nevertheless, there is a similarity to those particular gospels. When we get into the gospel of John, it is absolutely unique. And many refer to the gospel of John because of its uniqueness as a general gospel. But I don't want to call it, and I don't like that, the idea of calling it a general gospel. We'll talk about that when we get into the particulars in this video. But John has a unique purpose in his gospel that is different from all of the other gospels, okay? So let me deal with this particular issue before we continue in John. Gospel, since the gospel is about the good news of the life of Jesus and what he has accomplished in his life, death, and resurrection. That is, he has accomplished life for all those who put their faith in him. That's basically the gospel. Then why do we need four gospels? Why do we need a gospel from Matthew or from Mark, Luke, and then finally from John to where we are now? It is simply because these particular gospels give perspectives of Jesus. The writers have different reasons for writing about the life of Jesus. They have different messages that they are trying to portray to their readers. For example, Matthew 
his audience, his readers, his intended for all. But now we understand it is for all, but specifically he's writing to the Jews to let the Jews know that Jesus himself indeed is son of Abraham, son of David, the Messiah to the Jewish people. And then we get into Mark and we see the Grecian or the Grecian idea of Mark as he writes to a Roman audience, a, a man who can take orders and fulfill those orders, which is the reason why we see the word immediately always used in the book of Romans. But all of these things speak of Jesus as Messiah, son of God. And then we see Luke and Luke basically gives what we would understand as a documentary. Luke deals with a chronolo chronological events of the life of Jesus. So when we look in the gospel of Luke, unlike Matthew, Mark, or even John, when Luke speaks in his gospel, he is given the events in the order in which they happen. And this speaks to Luke's Greek audience who had this respect for hysterical, I'm sorry, historical narratives. So all of these things, even though, so a lot of people say, why we need four gospels? Different reasons, different themes, different audience. And then finally, we get to the gospel of John to where we are now. And the gospel of John is unique amongst any of the other gospels in the sense that the primary idea of John is to express the divine nature of Jesus. Now, when we say the divine nature of Jesus, it is simply to say that Jesus is God. He is God almighty. He has every aspect, every nature, every element that makes him God almighty but he is the God who was made flesh and he was made flesh for the purpose of fulfilling the scripture. Number one, the Messiah of God, the Messiah of God, the father, the Messiah, the one who was to come and do all of those things spoken of by the law and the prophets, as well as he is one who will be God in the flesh, God in the flesh, to fulfill the ultimate plan of God the Father, the ultimate plan for the simple reason why only God can save. Always remember that. There is nothing that we can do to save ourselves. All we can do is believe, and you'll find out that will be a functioning word in the Gospel of John. To believe. Only God can save. Therefore, by highlighting the fact that Jesus is God, it is fully developing the idea all throughout scripture from the beginning of the fall of Adam in Genesis 3, only God can save. God is our salvation. And so therefore, Jesus comes in bodily form to fulfill that which was spoken of by the law and the prophets and to satisfy 
the righteous anger of God upon himself because only he can endure God's righteous wrath on himself and therefore give to all those who believe in who he is and what he has accomplished, he can give to them life. But anyway, okay, I went a little too far on that, but my primary point, what I was trying to get you to understand was the uniqueness of the fourth gospel, and it is to reveal the God-man, or more specifically, the nature of Jesus, what? That he is in every respect God Almighty. As Paul himself talked about in the book of Philippians, how Jesus having the form of God, being the form of God in every way, or we'll see these certain things brought about in Revelation chapter one, talks about Almighty God with reference to Jesus. But the whole point is John's gospel, and one of the reasons why I love personally John's gospel, Jesus is not just a man. He is Messiah, but he is not just a Messiah. He is son of God. He is God. Now, with respect to the title son of God, a lot, many don't understand the title son of God simply is a title of distinction. That is, although Jesus is God in every respect, he is only one person of the God. Godhead, that is, as we would simply call it, the Trinity. Jesus is God, he, he is a part of the one being of God. This is what makes Christians monotheist. That is, we only have one God. We only believe in one God. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God the Holy Spirit. But nevertheless, all three persons inhabit the one being of God and Jesus shares in this one being of God. And this is one of the primary things that is being brought out in the gospel of John. Okay, but let me just go ahead and finish it. Number one, let's talk about the author. Even though like there's in all of the rest of the gospels, none of the authors are literally identified but there are always identifying information, internal things like the one concerning John who lay upon the head of Jesus the one whom Jesus loved, internal factors. And then there are other external factors like the church fathers, Polycarp, Eusebius. These men readily identify as having known John Polycarp for example, and Eusebius as having known that this particular gospel was written by John. So the gospel of John is written by John, the son of Zebedee, the brother of James. You remember you see in the gospel, James and John. And it is John who is this apostle who is the writer of this particular gospel. And John Later on, and we don't want to get into a lot of the details, but we understand that Paul established the church in Ephesus. John later on went to help and to assist the church in Ephesus. And it is from this church time, church period functioning, and which John was later delivered to the island of Patmos. We see that in the book of Revelation. And it was during these particular times that John wrote 
the gospel of John. So number one, the author of the gospel of John is the apostle John himself. Now let's get into the time. Some argue for a later writing of the gospel of John as late as 150 AD. Now, the reason why this is important, and I want you guys to understand it, is many say the writing of the Gospel of John because of the content. That is, John is strongly emphasizing that Jesus is God. And therefore, this theology, this way of thinking that Jesus was that Jesus is God was not believed and accepted by the early church, nor even the apostles themselves, but that this idea of Jesus being God later grew and became in theological fashion that Jesus was God. But early on, this was not accepted in the church or not to the sense as accepted, but understood concerning Jesus in the church. And that's why many will give the writing of John a late date, but this is not correct. Okay. The writing for the gospel of John has an early date as early as 45 AD upwards until about roughly 95 AD. So the writing of the gospel of John is not to be given a late date, but an early date. 45 AD is very early. That's just only a few years after the ascension of Jesus into heaven after his resurrection of the dead. Now, why is this so important? Because of the very nature of what John is talking about, the divine nature of Jesus, that he is God. So therefore, this understanding about the person of Jesus, not that he was simply a Messiah deliverer man in the sense of Moses. No, 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 no. It was understood early on by the early church, by the apostles themselves, that Jesus is indeed God, God Almighty. He is God in the flesh walking amongst men. And so therefore, by this early date in the gospel of John, it is teaching us, telling us, this was not something that developed later on by the apostles or developed later on and was believed by the later church, but this was something that was believed about Jesus in the very beginning, which makes it important. So this is not some theology that developed later on down the road, but this was something that was believed about Jesus from the very beginning. And so therefore we see and understand why. And we see even in other, uh, um, 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 like well, I think it's P52, and I don't want to get into all of that, but these are external evidences for the early writings of the Gospel of John. And we see this also too, again, as spoken of by the church fathers, Polycarp, Eusebius, that will give John an early writing. The whole point that I want you to understand is about Jesus. He was believed to be God even from the beginning. And that's what's important. And we'll see that when we even get into the Gospel of John. Okay, so that's the date of, we got the author, the date. Now let's get into the purpose. I've already been talking about the purpose. 
The purpose of John can be basically seen in the prologue, that is chapter one, in the beginning, verse number one, was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Verse nine, that's verse one. Verse 14, tell us more about that word, John. The word, who is God, became flesh. That is the beautiful idea of John in the prologue. That is that God became a man for the sense of bringing salvation to man. That is, he brings salvation through the suffering and death on the cross and the resurrection. And we'll also see in chapter one in that God becoming man, Jesus therefore reveals what none have truly known about God. He reveals the essence of of the mind of God. And that's why when we look in the gospel of John, we see more direct discourse. In other words, when you look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you see Jesus talking, but it's not as much as when you look in John. John goes on and on and on. And that's why we'll see in chapter one, he uses that word exegesis. Jesus exegetes the father. He makes the father known. And in order to make the father known, you have to share an essence of the father. You have to share the same nature of the father. Only God can make God known. And Jesus does this when he becomes, verse 14, flesh, when he becomes a man. So the very purpose of the gospel of John is to show that Jesus is not only the Messiah, that is the man who brings about deliverance, Messiah, the anointed one, but he is also God from the very beginning. Remember what verse one said, in the beginning was the word. And it brings us all the way back to Genesis uh, one and one. In the beginning, God created, no set particular time. And it so says in John one, that Jesus himself did not have a moment of coming into existence, but that he always existent, existed along with God. Why? Only God himself has eternal existence, but God became a man. And the whole purpose of John is to talk about the divine nature of of Jesus. Okay. And we see that in John chapter one. And then we finally see that in John chapter 21, I believe after the great confession of Thomas, what does Thomas say? My Lord and my God, my God, you are not just simply a man. You are God. So that's how we open up John and we basically close John. And in John's closing, he said, I've written all of these things so that you may know, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, that is the man Messiah. And then he says, what? Son of God. And always remember saints, when the term son of God is used, it is used with respect to the deity of Jesus, to the fact that he is God. It is not making Jesus a lesser God. Son of God title is not making Jesus a lesser God. It is simply distinguishing Jesus 
in the being of God. Again, the being of God has three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, but when we simply say God, we're talking about God as a whole, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But we understand there are three persons in the God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So how do we distinguish Jesus from the Father, from the Holy Spirit? By calling him Son of God. So Son of God does not depreciate the nature of Jesus, that Jesus is completely and fully almighty God. It just simply helps us to distinguish the person in the Godhead. We're distinguishing the second member of the Godhead. We are talking about Jesus. So son of God does not make him less. It allows us to distinguish and identify what person we are talking about in the being of God, okay? So that's the idea. But anyway, that is the purpose to the which John wrote to let us know that Jesus is not only man, Messiah, but that he is God. And then we'll finally get into the divisions of the book of John, like the prologue, we'll see that in chapter one, and then we'll see the signs and these are very distinguished. John will show seven signs. And remember, and I don't wanna get into all of the details, Seven deals with completion and seven speaks towards God. It speaks towards perfection, the perfection of God. So John, remember Jesus did many signs. John chooses seven because it enhances the very point of what he's talking about. What is your point? Jesus is God. I'm not gonna talk about every sign. I'm gonna only talk about seven signs, the idea of complete and perfection. And then John talks about the passion and the resurrection. We'll see that in 18 through 20. And finally, he closes his book to simply say, everything that I have been telling you is to get to one point, is to make one point. That is from my prologue. What did I tell you in the beginning? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word indeed was God. And guess what? The word became flesh. And as I close my book, I simply want to say to you, I have now proved what I claim in the prologue. What have I proved? That Jesus is Messiah and Jesus is God. And that is basically how the gospel of John is set before us. But anyway, okay, that's enough of that. Thanks for joining me for this intro into the gospel of John. Now, as we do work through the gospel, you may find me dealing a lot with the Greek text. Not trying to do this show off. I don't care for the type of foolishness whatsoever. But the Greek text helps us understand just what John is trying to say in his gospel about the person of Jesus and the wonder that indeed our Lord who died on the cross, indeed, he was truly God made man. So I'll talk about a lot of, probably a lot of the Greek, especially in the beginning of the part, but it's simply to highlight the point of what John, to bring it out of what John is trying to say. But anyway, enough of that. Thanks for joining me as we prepare to begin our study in the Gospel of John. It will be a wonderful walk 
through the word of God. And I hope you guys stay with me the whole time. And remember, I do need your constant support of the ministry. So always look in the description. There'll be some type of information that I'll leave on how you can support the ministry, especially if these things have been a blessing for you. I'm glad to be back. Good to see you guys once again. And I can't wait to get into the gospel of John. See you when we get there.